everyone. I'm your host, Liana Pavane, founder of TTYL, human connection advocate, certified life coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. I'm your unapologetic 20-something native New Yorker, advocating selfships. Yes, I'm in a relationship with myself while navigating the dating world. I'm on a mission to break down dating stigmas in our society and to stop ghosting. I started this podcast after my ex broke up with me over the phone. I know, at least it wasn't a post-it. And I realized that our dating etiquette was severely lacking due to technology. Each week, I invite guests onto the podcast from all walks of life to discuss their first date horror stories and best dates. Because let's be honest, we don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. The best part about this podcast is that after each episode, I've walked away feeling more confident about myself and my relationships. So whether or not you're single, in a relationship, or find yourself in a situationship, I welcome you to get comfy as I dive into the uncomfy so we can normalize it together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I'm super excited. I'm here with Lindsay, who is the host of We Met at Acme podcast. And it's just going to be an amazing episode learning about all the different topics about dating. She does really fun TikToks and reels about what to expect on a first date to red flags and feeling butterflies and things like that. So I just know this is going to be a really awesome episode. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for that great introduction. I'm so excited to talk all things dating. I'm actually curious. I know I'm not supposed to be asking questions here, but tell me about the title, uh, like Ghost of Days Past. Oh, yeah. And totally feel free to ask questions. That's totally allowed. Yeah. So I, I guess after we chatted, so I met Lindsay a couple years ago and did a little episode for her. And so I had just, I think, met someone and we were kind of starting to see each other. Mm-hmm. And so he actually ended up breaking up with me over the phone. And I know, <laughs> rolling her eyes. <laughs> as Yeah, as men who are... What was his reason? It There was no reason. There was no reason. It was literally right after I spent five days with his family, met all his friends. It was kind of a couple months into the pandemic. So things were definitely heated and there was the distance part as well because he was back home and yeah he just said he'd been thinking about it for a while but came to I was staying in New Jersey as well as where he's from at a country house with my best friend and her brother and his girlfriend and I was happily there and he took me away from that situation and just made it 10 times worse so It's just like, if you had already been thinking about it, why didn't you drive up, say, let's have a conversation. And then, you know, so he didn't do that. And then I did what any sane person would do and kept dating and then was just bringing in all the wrong energy and got ghosted a bunch of times and realized I really needed to focus on myself. So I started doing more self-ship love. That's what I call it. And really just delving inward, spending more time, stopped dating for about eight months. And then started picking it back up again. Yeah, I read a lot of books and Attached was great and listened to a lot of podcasts and just really focusing on the energy wanted to bring in. And I think a lot of it also, as you know, super passionate about tech life balance and realizing that through that experience, people just really don't know how to have difficult conversations anymore because of technology. 
And so that was a, that's a big part of the podcast as well as ghosting and self shifts and feeling less shame around being single. So, yeah, I love it. I, it's so interesting. Like something that you said that just like triggers something in me is the fact that you were hanging out with his friends and his family, like right before, I feel like that's always the case. It's like, what's with guys and like bringing you around and like it, you know, becoming serious. And then like next day after like those moments, you know, it's just like, gets too real. Yeah, I think it was definitely that. And I also didn't really like his friends at all. I didn't vibe with them at all. And I kind of felt that in the moment, but didn't know what to say. What was there to say? But I remember trying so hard with his best friends, his best guy friends, and just not getting through to him at all and feeling super uncomfortable and just trying to ask questions, getting very bland answers. He didn't ask me anything. And the three of us went for a walk because I said, I'd really like to get to know this person more because he's a big part of your life. We should get together and just go for a solo walk. We've all been in groups this whole time. And it was just a really uncomfortable experience. And I think that was a big indication maybe for him as well that I just didn't vibe with his people. That's so interesting. Like, what was it about them that you didn't like? I remember we had a conversation about politics for a long time with some of his friends. And that got really uncomfortable because a lot of them didn't vote or were more on the Republican side. And I'm not extremely into politics or anything like that, but I'm very passionate about at least voting for the election. That's a super important, especially since that was happening last year. And so they were the people that they liked were just not people who I would ever vote for. And I remember I was trying to explain something and they were all mansplaining to me and interrupting me and just not taking my opinion as valid and my ex at the time wasn't doing anything to diffuse the situation and it was just very strange so that was one instance but yeah just not feeling like they cared enough to get to know me so yeah yeah it was kind of that yeah I understand that I've had situations like that with their family where I didn't feel like their family cared to get to know me too yeah it's uncomfortable for sure a shitty feeling yeah yeah but let's hear one of your first date horror stories oh my god I think I actually I feel like I told something last night oh yes I told this story last night at dinner for some reason dating in the city and I don't know if you can relate like a lot of people think that it's an attractive quality to like name drop people that they know or like places that they've been. And I haven't been on that many horrible dates, but the worst dates that I've been on are ones where the other person is just name dropping like the entire time. And I had that situation and like the date started off from a weird red flags from the beginning. Like he wanted me to walk to his apartment and then we would get an Uber together instead of like him coming to my apartment. Like it was just weird. And then he asked me to come up and I was like, no, like I have never met you. I'm not comfortable with that. Like before the date, cause he wasn't ready. And eventually he ended up convincing me to come up and I went upstairs and he only had kombucha in his fridge which like was really weird I don't like that and like I just thought it was very like try hard and then he started trying on different outfits being like which one do you like for our date and I was like no this is just not okay 
we ended up going out and then he name dropped the entire time. He was like, oh, I dated this celebrity and like I used to hang out with this person and like, oh my God, I just went to this new restaurant that opened and you could just tell that he was so insecure that he needed to overcompensate by like pretending to be like this person who, you know, was someone and it was just such a turn off. It was just beyond. And then I tried to like leave at the end and he was like, what are you doing now? And I was like, I'm going to meet my friends. And he was like, can I come? And I was like, dude, like read the room. Are you serious right now? So that was just really delusional. Yikes. Yeah, that is a really uncomfortable one. I feel like, yeah, that being forced into a situation, first of all, where he's like, come upstairs, please. And then doesn't even have the confidence to pick out what to wear is just, yeah, definitely overcompensating. I can, I can read that from him <laughs> without even having met him. Oh my God, it was awful. How did Seriously. you, how did you end it afterwards? I think I just started, like, I, he ended up, he ended up coming with me to where I was going, which was so ridiculous. But like, to be fair, we were in Brooklyn and like, we both needed to go into the city. And, and it was like, just, we went to the Bowery Hotel and we were all like hanging out and I was with my friends and he was just kind of lingering. And then I just like made it clear that like, this was me meeting my friends, not us continuing our date. So like, you do your thing and I'm going to do mine. There was no kiss. And I like we never really spoke again. Weird. So hopefully, he, I guess he got the hint after that. Super I weird. Hope so yeah, <laughs> I, he definitely did. For sure. So one of the things you recently discussed, I was kind of scrolling through and just looking a lot of the topics you talk about are things that I've been thinking about a lot recently as well. And a big one is this idea of having butterflies and why that can be seen as a red flag. So I'm curious to hear more about this topic from you. Yeah, so I, it was actually a therapist that I saw years ago who told me this. And I was like, you know, feeling this way about someone. And she was like, you know, red butterflies in your stomach are actually warning signs. It's like your body like fighting to tell you something to pay attention to about this person. And the right person for you actually elicits like a totally different response and a totally calm demeanor. And the butterflies come from like the unknown, the hot and colds that you're experiencing with someone. And my mind was like blown and I think she's completely right. And so I just like adapted that from, from when she told me that. And I tried to pass on the message that butterflies are a red flag because you hear in all these songs, did he give you butterflies, like blah, 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 in these movies. And it's like, that doesn't matter. And, you know, butterflies are not always a red flag, but more often than not, I would say they are. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I've thought about that for a while and came to that realization as well. Whenever I met someone that kind of always came back, you know, those people that come back in your life and keep circling around and they kind of live rent free in your head. And those are always the people that give me butterflies. And I'm thinking about them all the time. I get super nervous whenever they text me. And when we're together, it's this amazing, magical thing. But when we're apart, the communication is lacking so much that it's just this, it's like you're riding highs all the time when they're communicating with you. But when they're not, you're just so confused and uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's also, you can have chemistry with people and 
not feel butterflies, feel that safety and security. Like I went on a first date last night and there was great chemistry. We immediately made plans at the end of the day as well. And he was a complete gentleman. Yeah, it was super cute. He was like, so this was the best hinge hinge date I've ever been on. We're seeing each other. Let's meet up this weekend. Yeah. Wait, that's so cute. I really like him for you. I know. And it was funny. We were at, we went to a couple bars in the Gramercy area. And at the second bar, he went out to the bathroom and this gay couple sitting at the bar looked over at me and he was like, hey, honey, what date are you on? Two, three, one. I was like, it's actually first date. He was like, I love that for you. <laughs> you guys Aww. are great. You look gorgeous. Like, Aww. oh, this is so cute. And then I told him afterwards and he was like, I don't think we acted like we were on a first date. Like we went pretty, we got pretty vulnerable pretty quickly, which I'm also kind of curious because I was talking about this yesterday before the date as well. I was talking about this idea of getting vulnerable with people and when that happens. And my perspective is just, I think everyone opens up in their own time. But do you think it's ever too soon to be vulnerable with someone? I honestly don't. I really don't. I think, is it a good idea to like dump all your baggage on them on the first date? No, but like if you're having a mutual mutually open conversation with them don't hold back you know like be your authentic self and I loved the dates that were the first dates where you got deeper than like the just fluff conversation like I thought that was so great I like on on my first date with my partner we totally got deep we were talking about my breakup we were talking about his last breakup like we were just like getting into all of that And it's like we not everything was revealed, but to touch on like some deeper subjects, I think is really cool. Yeah, I agree. And and that's kind of what happened last night. And it wasn't intentional that it went there, but we kind of just opened up a conversation. And then I kind of paused. And he's like, well, you kind of have to say now you guys have to go there, you opened up the conversation. And so then we just kind of delved in. And there was something in a text that I said that I had, I elaborated on the reason and you know, it was, yeah, again, it wasn't a whole thing. And it was, we had this mutual moment of, we had a lot of intimate moments, but there was one, I lost both my grandmas this year. And one of his, his grandma that he's super close with is kind of losing her marbles a little bit. And he got kind of teared up about it. And it was really adorable. And I just, yeah, I was like, you're in touch with your emotions. And I talked about that. I was like, thank you for opening up to me. And He's just like, yeah, I'm really, I'm more emotionally available than I think you might want, but here we are. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's really good to know. Oh, that's really cute. And I like that you thanked him for opening up because I do that every time my boyfriend opens up and it's like, guys are, you know, they're not like that open all the time. So I think they need that like positive reinforcement. Like, oh, thank you. I know that took a lot, you know, and then they're more likely to like open up again. Totally. Yeah. And even that's a big thing that I've started to do even with friends too, when they open up to me about something and I just say, thank you so much for telling me. I really appreciate you trusting me with that information because mm-hmm. it really is telling someone you're a big secret of yours. It takes a lot and it's kind of giving a part of you to someone else in a way and entrusting them with a part of you. And, and that comes with safety and just knowing that you have a connection with that person. Totally. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of 
going into the conversation of getting stuck in relationship patterns and getting stuck in dating patterns and meeting similar kinds of people, you know, if you're constantly meeting people that give you butterflies or live rent free in your head and things like that. So how can you suggest that someone breaks that habit, tries to date someone outside of their normal type? I think that in order to like break that habit, you have to think about what you have going on in your life and like what isn't working for you. So like, for example, if you're like getting wasted on all these dates and like maybe go into a date sober or like if you feel uncomfortable about yourself on dates, then like work on the things that you feel uncomfortable with, those trigger areas and and whatnot. But I feel like so many people, they, they think that they deserve this person, but they don't do like the inner work on themselves. And it's just like, what are you bringing to the table? And I was at a dinner the other night and it came up that like, you should just become the person that like you're seeking. And then it's so much easier to find them because you're not looking for qualities to complete yourself. You're kind of like feeling complete on your own. So I think it's a lot of that and like really just like the inner work and and therapy. I'm a huge, huge fan of therapy and I feel like everyone could benefit from it and from just like a different perspective. So I think like a mix of all of those things for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it wasn't Like I said, when I took that break, that was really, I started therapy end of last year and I just started doing things for myself more and realizing why I was attracting the wrong energy and bringing in the wrong types of people into my life. And you're right. It's really not until you look inward and really do the work, but a lot of people avoid that and, and just continue going about their habits and getting drunk on dates and being serial dater and going on a bunch of first dates but not wanting to get past that and sleeping around and all those things and there's a time and a place for that I've definitely done that we've all done that but if you really want to make a genuine connection with someone you do need to do the work on your end yeah exactly it's so true yeah and then in terms of the whole if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no concept that's I feel like always kind of been advice especially in the dating space. And so at what point do you call something off with someone if you're not fully interested or not fully invested, but still interested in seeing where it goes? It's a great question because I feel like I do believe that concept, but it's not something that you necessarily find out on the first date. You could say like, okay, on the first date and then say like, hell yes, on the third date. I think that if you give someone like two or three dates, then like you probably have a good idea. But I always say, unless you were like completely disgusted, so turned off, never would not, would rather die than be in the same room with this person again, then like go on a second date with them. Like it's not going to kill you because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I recently, I actually recently ended things with someone I was seeing for, I mean, it was kind of a month, but I traveled for three of those weeks. I mean, I don't know. We probably saw each other for a few weeks, maybe a month total or something like that, but we saw each other pretty frequently and it was kind of my first time back getting intimate with someone sexually. And I think that was like a big part of it that made me kind of want to stay or just see where it played out and things like that. But I kind of had to separate that from the person and just think about what I really wanted long-term and going back and traveling, like really helped my perspective and just realizing that I'm really looking for someone who's adventurous and, wants to travel and ambition and all this stuff. And he wasn't really like that. 
So mm-hmm. it, yeah, I think whenever you kind of step away from it and it, I know it's easier said than done, especially when the rose colored glasses are on kind of taking yourself out of the situation as much as you can and trying to see it for what it is. I always feel like stepping back, even going on a little trip or something away from that person and kind of thinking about if you really see it going anywhere long-term. Have you ever done anything after dates where you kind of write things down, like pros and cons list or thinking about if you see a future with them? How do you kind of analyze if you want to go and continue? I think it's more of a feeling post-date, but I do, when I was looking for somebody in my life, I did make a list of the qualities that I really wanted to find in somebody versus the ones that like I really needed. And I feel like it's such a, an important distinction of like things you want versus things you need. And the things you need are like really non-negotiables. And so like if you go on a date and you really need someone who's funny and like you didn't laugh, then like we probably don't force it. Yeah, that's so true. I never thought about it in that way. But I think, I mean, that's something that I did for sure. I wrote a list of my non-negotiables, I guess, as well as what I was looking for. But some of them were hard lines that could not be crossed, whereas others were definitely more, this would be a nice to have, but it's not a need to have. And I think something that the media does is portraying relationships as everything's perfect when in actuality, or like you can find your perfect person or something, especially in rom-coms and things like that. And I think it can be really hard in reality when it's like, it's not that you need to make sacrifices per se. It's kind of a harsh word, but sometimes you're not going to get the full package. You're not going to find, no one's going to find their, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Nobody is perfect. And like, nobody is going to be everything that you want them to be always. Exactly. Totally. So let's hear one of the best first date stories. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to go with the one with my partner uh, now which it was actually a day date. And I feel like day dates get like bad reps, but it should be done more. We went for coffee, which again gets a bad rep, but like should be done more. And it was about, I think like 3 p.m. on a Saturday. And I was coming from like a set, like a birthday brunch and we met and I had tea. We both had tea actually because we're not even big coffee drinkers. And we just started talking about like everything, like just kind of nothing off the table. And we ended up walking after it was like a really snowy January day. And we ended up walking through Washington Square Park after. And there were just so many romantic moments, so many romantic moments. And I definitely wanted him to kiss me but he didn't. And I was just like, wow, like, what does this mean? And I remember when we walked away from each other, I like, I'm very into astrology, as you probably know. And I said something like, like, I I wanted him to find out what time he was born or something. And he was like, I'm going to find out like I'm texting my mom now. And then so his like, first follow up text was the time he was born. And it was just like, perfect, because it showed me that like he actually was listening to me and cared and followed up about like something that he probably didn't care about at all, but he knew was important to me, which was nice. I love that. And I agree. I Day dates get a really bad rep. I've had so many great day dates and they're not always first dates. Some of them are, but I've 
really enjoy just going on adventures and just like kind of seeing where the day takes you and not necessarily having a set in stone plan, but saying, okay, let's meet at this coffee shop or let's go to brunch. And then we'll walk around that area and kind of stumble upon whatever walking out of stores or see if there's a cool pop-up happening because there always is downtown. And yeah, I love those kinds of days. They're the best. Yeah. And you kind of segued perfectly into the few next questions because I wanted to ask about horoscopes and your significant other and everything. And so yeah, let's delve into the horoscope stuff because I feel like that's like a big part of who you are and just what you talk about on the podcast. And so tell me how you got into horoscopes and why they're super important to you. Yeah. So just like to clarify as like an astrology nerd, it's actually not horoscopes that I'm into. I don't read my daily horoscope at all. It's just the just astrology in general and what it what it means and um, using it to better understand yourself and other people. And so I was in college and my roommate went abroad and a girlfriend moved in and she was really into astrology and she had all these books. And so I started reading about myself um, in her books and I was like, oh, this is scary accurate. And I was never religious or anything. And so this really freaked me out to believe in something that there's no proof of. But the more I learned about it, the more fascinated I was by it. And I was like, okay, like I'm hooked. And so I just started doing research on my own and learning more and more. And I just like love it. I'm so into it. I think it's so awesome. I love that. So what are your astrological signs in terms of fire, moon, rising, all that? Totally. So I am a Libra sun a Virgo rising and a Capricorn moon. And it's technically an air sign. When's your birthday? I'm August 21st. So I am a Leo sun, Cancer moon. I'm also Capricorn rising. Love that. It's amazing. But you're like at the end of Leo or yeah, at the end of Leo. Yeah, I'm right on the cusp of Virgo, Leo. So I've gotten people who are into astrology tell me that I have vibes of both. You know, I got the main, but I also am a relatively calm person, at least maybe externally, internally, maybe it's different, but <laughs> trying to keep everything in, in my head. But um, yeah, so what does astrology say about your signs and what your characteristics usually are? Well, typically, like Libras are very balanced and fair and obsessed with beauty and how they look and things like that. And I like definitely have a little bit of that. But the rest of my chart is earth and more like grounded and serious. And so as a result, I feel like I am more, you know, like I love to work really hard and always be busy and, and things like that. And so that kind of takes over the Libra a lot. And I'm just a little bit, I don't know, more earth vibes. And I like to stay at home, but then like I have that side of me that like likes to go out like a Libra does. And so it's just like a little bit of everything. But my chart is mostly earth. Nice. And when you're talking about it with people you're dating or dated in the past, what are the signs that typically Libras get along with? And then how did you tell that you and your significant other were going to get along based on his? Yeah, so Libras, we get along the best with Leos, actually, and Aries, and Gemini's, and really most signs because Libras are just like super agreeable. 
my partner is a cancer and he's more of a, a water sign and more emotional. And so when I knew that, like, I was like, oh, I don't know how we're going to get along, you know, because it's just like two very different elements. But luckily, like the rest of his chart is like very aligned with mine. And so that helped. But I, I definitely don't astrology should dictate like who you date at all. I think that you should give every sign a chance because you really never know who you'll be compatible with. But I have heard that a lot of people like date the same sign over and over again, which is very interesting. Yeah, I was just talking about that. It's definitely happened to me. And it's not intentional. Obviously, I just especially if I'm meeting people off an app or, you know, obviously I don't know who someone is if I walk up to them at a bar or anything like that. But yeah, I get along well with Gemini, although I never find that it really works out. My ex was a Gemini and this guy I recently was seeing was a Gemini. They definitely had similar qualities. And then Sagittarius, I've met a few of those, Libra for sure. And then I have a lot of Aries girlfriends that I really get along with. I feel like that's a really good friend sign for me but I don't know if I've ever dated one yeah that could be interesting to explore dating one do you know what this guy who you just went out with is or no I actually don't we were talking about birthdays or I think we're the same age but I think he might be he might be a little younger than me just month like a few months or something because I was saying my birthday's next month and then and then he kind of switched topics not that it matters it was just kind of a I was like, no, I need to know. <laughs> but I'll, yeah, I want to ask him yeah, for sure. That's oh, yeah, and then in terms of you and your significant other, so you're currently living together. And is this the first person that you've moved in with? Yeah, it is for both of us, actually. We were both living alone when we met. And I think we both like really loved living alone and really loved our spaces. And I feel like that's such a huge part of it. Like you have to be so content in your life when you meet someone because that just like radiates that energy and I think like we were we were happy you know living on our own but once we met it almost like didn't make sense to to not live together between like it being the pandemic and just like us wanting to be together all the time and so we moved in together and he well he so he moved into my apartment during the pandemic and then because my lease was like I couldn't get out of it and then we finally got out of my lease and now we have our own apartment together which is really nice and special so how was apartment hunting what did that look like it actually wasn't that bad we got really lucky we found this place probably it's probably this the third place that we looked at and it just happened to be to fit all the requirements that we really wanted. I think location is so important for the city. I just want to be somewhere where I'm near like all the subways and can get to all the different places because I feel like I'm running around the city all the time. And so that was like our main concern. But yeah, I mean, have you, have you ever lived with a partner before? No, I never have. I've had, so when I moved back from college, I lived with one of my really good guy friends. And he had a significant other who I adore. And we lived in Gramercy for a couple of years. Living with a guy is everyone should live with the opposite gender for sure. I just think it's a real, even if you're not dating, I think it's a really good, it's kind of a stepping stone to that. But, and just, you know, kind of seeing how the other person really lives and how they vibe definitely was not as clean as, 
I'd like the space to be. <laughs> Some guys are, it's funny because I've definitely been more drawn and dated people who are very clean, but I know a lot of this guy friend in particular, love him, but not the cleanest person. In terms of shared space and just like getting him to actually like deep clean the apartment was a struggle. But no, we just really, we worked really well together in terms of a lot of things. And we would have these really funny 2am conversations coming back from our respective parties and bars or we'd go out together with, you know, he'd join with some of my friends or I joined some of his friends. And it was fun to kind of merge our our world together a little bit because we went to high school but then separated for college and so we both made friends and you know I would kind of tell him I like these friends of yours and he would be like I like these friends of yours and not in a romantic way just you know telling me who he I, I trusted his judgment a lot and so just having he was there through a lot of hard times that I had I had a fight with my sister and he was there to walk me through it and just like be a uh, a listening ear and just be there when I was crying through breaking up with different dating situationships that I was in. And yeah, he definitely saw it all for sure. But then he's just in this stable relationship. I'm sure they're going to get married. They're moving in together. So <laughs> yeah, it was a good experience. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And now living alone, it's definitely amazing. And I guess so from going alone to living with someone, how did you navigate setting boundaries? Because you were so used to having your own space. And then we were both, I assume, working from home for a lot of it as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely hard, but we kind of just like figured it out. We, my apartment, we had zero space. At this apartment, we have like two separate areas to work with something, you know, separating them. But I think we just like, knew each other's schedules we knew when which was more important of a thing that the other person had and the other one just worked around that and he's really respectful of my stuff and and me with his and so it worked out I mean like there were times when we obviously were like on top of each other like this is just too much like I need I'm gonna go take this call outside or whatever it was you know but but yeah it worked out that's awesome and then in terms of going out, you start to be in a serious relationship and, you know, you're living in New York City and you still want to go out and have fun with your girlfriends. Do you guys go out together? Is it, do you separate that where he goes out with his guy friend, do you go out with your girlfriend? Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it comes together, which is really nice. We had a really fun night at Acme with like all of our friends a few weeks ago. But mostly he'll like go out to dinner with his friends. His friends are single mostly and mine are all like partnered up. So when we hang with my friends, like it'll be more of a double date situation or I'll just like hang out with the girls by myself. And so there's a lot of separate but together. It's really nice to be able to see my girlfriends and have that time. So like I wouldn't give that up for, for anything that's so special and I feel like so necessary when you're in a relationship when you live with your partner definitely I totally agree I think having that space and you don't want to lose those friendships I feel like especially in the beginning a lot of people can kind of get lost in the relationship or the person that they're dating and feel like their friendships will kind of go on the wayside because you're so in lust with the person you're dating and you just want to spend all your time together and sleep together and all this stuff you're just in, in the infatuation phase and that can be really tricky. I've definitely known people that have gotten lost in that. And at the end of the day, like, 
they, you know, they always say friendships last forever, but relationships come and go. So yeah, it can be tricky. Exactly. Yeah. And so for people who are actively dating right now, what are some of the best pieces of advice you can give for people in their early 20s, in their 20s in general, I guess you recently turned 30, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say just like looking back and I and I feel like I always say this. So like, apologies if you've heard me say it before, but just if you're confused about how they feel about you, like they're not interested in you. And, you know, it's like if he wanted to, he would. And so like, make sure you have that mindset because it's really true. And also like you decide how you feel about someone before you want to just be accepted by this person like do you even like this person make sure that you're the one making the choice about them not them choosing you and also just like don't worry about marriage when you're in your 20s there's nothing to stress about you will have plenty of time like I have friends I know people getting getting married at 38 and like having kids at 40 you you have more time than you think so just like take a deep breath and enjoy the process Mm, that's incredible advice and I've been so it's funny the first part I actually was just writing a post on my personal Instagram about that thinking taking a step back and not thinking about what they think about you but what you think about them because we do often do the opposite and we get so caught up in the oh my gosh should we say the right thing do they still like us they're not texting or are they thinking about us and that's our anxious attachment style coming out and everyone has a part of them that's like that but it's so important to remember that you have the power you have the control first and foremost it shouldn't be in the other person's hands obviously it needs to be mutual but you decide if you want to move forward with that person or not 100 percent. so i have a bunch of friends actually that feel this pressure it's funny i actually put up a poll a bunch of polls yesterday on my personal instagram about because oh so I just watched Sex Life and I don't know did you watch it I did yeah okay I'm curious to hear your opinion on that relationship because I definitely felt like it kind of portrayed marriage as and kids as a kind of mundane trap I felt like in the beginning and it kind of instilled more of a fear although she was still such a likable character throughout which is so hard to pull off and I still understood why she did the things she did like she wanted to have it all and she missed out on all these this excitement and she wanted the excitement as well as the stability totally I I definitely think there was some sort of like villainizing the whole settling down thing which I didn't like I thought that it was like kind of bullshit I don't think that there's these two extremes of like this guy who treats you like shit but the sex is amazing and then like a guy who like is an amazing guy and father, but like you don't have sex. I just don't think that it has to be one or the other. I really do think that like you can have it all, just not all the time. If she had just like communicated with Cooper or whatever and been like, hey, like I want to have more sex and like it turns me on when like our sex is hotter and whatever and I know you're really busy with work and like hustling for our family, but like here are things that I really need then he would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. It's just like the communication was so bad and like so weird. It's like she didn't even try before she decided, oh, like I miss this guy who left me after I had a miscarriage. Like it was just like really so dumb and like 
dramatic for no reason I felt and then the ending was just like are you kidding like you're gonna try to have sex with him and then stay married I was just like this is I didn't like it what did you think yeah I I felt the exact same way I mean I enjoyed it as entertainment but took that with a huge grain of salt because I felt like yeah it it portrayed marriage as this kind of villainous thing in someone's life that you have to go through and then having kids as you're just going to be, it's just going to be stale in your sex life for a long period of time and you can't have it all and all this stuff, like you said. And I, that's exactly what I was thinking the first couple episodes. I just thought, uh, well, she's not really communicating to her husband about what she wants, but then I thought, oh, well then there wouldn't be a conflict in the show. And so <laughs> it was kind of just all for the script and all for the, the show itself, which makes sense for Netflix. But yeah, it was just over dramatic, And then the ending, I just thought, okay, how did she get from the school play happily looking at her husband to running through the streets of Manhattan to whatever his name is, apartment, Brad, <laughs> and just telling him that, yeah, <laughs> it's like that made absolutely no sense. It's ridiculous. But yeah, there. so afterwards, I was kind of curious, like, okay, how did other people feel about the show? But like, what, is, what do people want in my life? Like, what are people looking for? And I put up some polls, like, are you looking for marriage, marriage and kids, no kids, no marriage, and then no idea or it has to be the right person. And so many people responded about it and were just engaging in the content because I feel like these are things that we see all the time on social media but no one really talks about the other choices when you choose not to, when you don't want to go with the status quo, when you don't want to get married or maybe want to get married, but not have kids. And yeah, it was just really interesting to see. I feel like that's a big thing in our generation as well with people who are less inclined maybe to go the normal route and then also having kids later in life and getting married later in life. But I definitely have friends who I know feel a lot of pressure to get married and I try and tell them that you're going to be fine and it's no, you know, no timelines. It's all about timing and all that stuff. And they just, they don't believe it. Yeah. It's, I mean, they should definitely be listening to you because it's true. And just like, you know, you have the rest of your life to be married. So like, don't live your life trying to get to that point, like enjoy it. And I'm sure that it'll happen for you if it's meant to happen for you. But like nobody wants, like you could smell it when somebody is really just like trying to walk down the aisle no matter who it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Like when I go out with girlfriends who are just constantly looking at the bar or the club or wherever we're at, it's just like, you're bringing in the wrong energy to the group. You're making it uncomfortable. Totally. Yeah, people pick up on exactly. that. And that's like such a bad vibe. And totally. And you don't want that. You don't want to go yeah, out with exactly. that. Exactly. Totally. Well, this is awesome. I feel like there's been so much insight here and just really great conversations, learning more about astrology. As always, it's so fun. So I just have a couple of rapid fire questions that I always ask everyone at the end. So the first is how do you get excited for a date? You put on really great music. And you tell yourself that you're making a new friend because I hate when people put pressure on the date going so well, like you're either making a new friend or you're not. That's a great way to look at it. I love that. 
And what is your ideal date? I think just like really good food and some music involved somehow and a walk. I love that. Yeah, definitely doing something active, I always say, is a great way to get to know someone doing some sort of activity. Yeah, or even just like walking home at the end. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Where can everyone find you? Thank you so much, Liana. You can listen to We Met at Acme wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at We Met at Acme. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. You too. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks, and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.